Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. For this edition of the podcast, host Bill Hodges has a conversation with Dr. Michael Kelly, National Program Director for the Veterans Health Administration in Washington, D.C. Dr. Kelly, a nationally recognized practitioner in the area of oncology, heads up the VHA's Oncology Services. During this podcast, you'll learn about the cutting-edge programs currently being offered, and you'll hear some much-needed information you can use should cancer ever show up in your screenings. Whether or not you are a veteran, many of the ideas he shares will be valuable when talking with your doctor. Remember, Knowing what questions to ask can make the difference in what you learn. The doctor shares those questions. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. And we have a very exciting guest today. I want you to have a paper and pencil ready. There may be things you're going to want to write down. Our guest is Dr. Michael Kelly. National Program Director for Oncology for the Veterans Health Administration. It's a long title, but it's a very important job. Dr. Kelly, thank you for coming on the show with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you and your listeners today, Bill. I know we only have 15 minutes, and that's not near enough time to cover all the things that your department does, but could you give us an overview? So there are um, about uh, 9 million veterans who are enrolled in VHA care, and every year, unfortunately, about 50,000 develop some form of cancer. Uh, so my job is, is to establish policy and develop programs that help ensure that the care that's being delivered across our entire enterprise is the cutting-edge therapy and that veterans get the very best care and get it as close to their home as possible. I can assure you that there are a lot of people going to be listening to this program that are going to be very interesting hearing what you have to say. One of the programs I did earlier was with Dr. Ercole, and Dr. Ercole is out of the James A. Haley Urology Department, and he did the best job I've ever seen of having someone sit down with a husband and wife and just explain prostate cancer, and it made every, everybody that's listened to it has felt better. And I'm sure that's the kind of thing you encourage within your department. Oh, a- absolutely. So I think that's, uh, when I talk to patients, the first thing that uh, I try to do is to establish um, an agenda for the time that we have together. And that usually is an exchange of information. Uh, so there's information that the patient has, there's information that the doctor has, exchange that information, developing new information by doing testing, and then together coming up with uh, a plan um, and then together you execute the plan. 
Uh, so that's extremely important. And the family members are also very important in that discussion. How do we, I want to start from the other end. Usually, how do we get cured of cancer? But maybe how, is there things we can do that will help us not to get cancer? Is it just strictly genetic and you're bound to get it? Yeah, no, uh, genetics actually plays a relatively small role in um, adult cancers in general. And it's certainly not deterministic, right? So no matter what your genetics are, it almost never means that you're definitely going to get cancer. Um, and that's also true for environmental exposure. So, uh, but we certainly understand that smoking is not a good thing in terms of cancer risk. So that's probably the biggest thing that anyone can do. If you have cured that, uh, if you've stopped smoking or you've never started, uh, that's great. Congratulations. The other things that you can do is to try to maintain a, a healthy weight and to be uh, physically active. Do those two things, I really hadn't heard those connected to cancer before. Yeah, body uh, weight, so that obesity is associated with some types of cancers, just like smoking is related to some types of cancer. So breast cancer, uh, some colon cancer, and others that are associated with obesity. And we don't necessarily understand scientifically exactly why that is, but it's it maybe hormonal for some types of cancers. Many of our people that are listening to this broadcast are Vietnam veterans. Mm -hmm. And what should they do? I mean, Agent Orange is a horrible scourge that's just hurt our people badly. But should there be things they're asking for at the VA to get screened? Absolutely. So every person can, should be considered for screening for the appropriate cancers. So there are four main ones that I mentioned. So for women, breast and cervical cancer. Um, and then for everybody, colorectal cancer. Um, this is very important. Uh, uh, colorectal cancer screening is not only finding the cancer early, but it can also be preventative because they take out the early lesions before they become cancer, the polyps. And then the quote new cancer on the block for screening is uh, lung cancer screening. Really? Uh, this is yep, yep. So uh, this actually is not new data, but it's not being the, the done very much yet. But if you're uh, have smoked um, or you're a current smoker between a certain age, so it's that's currently we think is between fifty and eighty years of age, and you've smoked at least twenty pack years, and have quit no more than fifteen years ago. Uh, then a CT scan of the chest uh, once a year uh, within a, the context of a screening program is what's recommended. So those are the four cancers that we think should be done pretty routinely on everyone who meets the, the criteria for having that done. I think um, it, I was going to say, I think it's interesting you point out the different age gaps or differences in when you quit smoking. But I quit smoking at 37 and I'm now a whole lot older than that. Those that was 40 years ago or better. And there are still damages to my body that when I go into the VA, they can see, including no hair on the bottom of my legs, which, <laughs> I mean, I think it just amazes me the damage smoking does to the body. Even after you've quit, there's still ravages there. Yes. Uh, that in terms of uh, cardiovascular risk, it goes down pretty quickly after you stop smoking. Uh, but the cancer risk takes a decade or more to go down. And so that's why we say 15 years. But the cancer risk actually never goes quite back to normal. So you're still at risk. But there are, there are really uh, maybe two types of lung cancer. So there are some people who never smoke 
never been exposed to smoke who get lung cancer. It's about maybe 15, maybe 20% in the United States as, as the smoking rate goes down. So the type of cancers that we're really detecting with the screening is mostly those that are associated with smoking risk and not just the kind that can happen in anybody. So we're still working on the best way to detect those types of cancers, but because uh, we can identify a population that benefits from this CT screening, uh, that's what we're doing. And VA has started to invest. We have a lung cancer precision oncology program that's expanding access uh, to that screening within the VA and, and approaching veterans, asking them about their smoking history and whether they want to be screened. So we've done that in the past. So VA does a spectacular job of, of asking veterans, do they want to be screened for breast, cervical, and colon cancer? And now we're trying to get that same lung cancer screening robustness so that veterans know that, hey, if I fit this criteria, um, there's something that I could do to reduce my risk of dying of lung cancer. You mentioned precision oncology. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so precision oncology is a concept in terms of how we treat patients, but we're using it in, in another way within VA in terms of uh, how we want to have all of our um, oncology care delivered. And that is, is really on a personalized basis. So the medical term precision oncology is really about DNA sequencing or uh, gene sequencing in tumor cells that helps us get additional information in addition to every other type of test that we do about how to interpret the significance of the cancer. So maybe prognosis, the type of cancer it is, but in uh, the new area is in terms of treatment. Um, so there are some cancers, so like prostate cancer, we can talk about that maybe, has um, about 15, maybe 20% of the time has gene changes that will allow us to have a different treatment option available if, you, if your tumor has a certain gene change in it. So this is for patients who have metastatic disease. So prostate cancer, thankfully, most of it doesn't spread, but um, the type that spreads is called metastasis. And that's the kind that's dangerous that ends up you know, killing people, unfortunately, causing pain and, and suffering. So when the tumor spreads, then we recommend a, a gene test on the tumor and also uh, what's called a germline test, so from saliva, so spit, uh, or a blood sample uh, to look at the gene changes in both places, both in wow. the normal cells and in the tumor. And that allows us to be able to understand, uh, do you have this option of this other um, type of treatment? And that, uh, that other treatment is, is actually quite interesting. It is a pill. So most treatments for prostate cancer are uh, well, a shot, the hormone shots, and then uh, their hormone pills. Uh, but then you go on to chemotherapy and, and maybe uh, some types of radiation. But this is a different type of pill that is not a hormone pill that works in a, in a different way that basically kills cells that have this gene change in it. So it's wow, kind of cool. that's great. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, there's a, another type of gene change that's really uncommon. It's less than 1% of prostate cancer, but extremely important to identify uh, it makes the tumor sensitive to immune therapy. So immune therapy is really changing uh, the treatment paradigm uh, across many tumor types. So skin cancer, melanoma as a dangerous type of skin cancer, lung cancer, head and neck cancer, bladder cancer, and others 
uh, some forms of breast cancer can benefit from this immune therapy. And it's, uh, it's, it's reduced the number of people who are dying from cancer significantly. But in prostate cancer, it hasn't been very responsive to any form of immune therapy, except this one rare type. But if you don't look for it, you don't find it. And I think the, the promise of immune therapy is that unlike a lot of the chemotherapies and hormonal therapies, it can actually lead to a cure. Will my VA doctor, if a person has the Gleason score of six or whatever, by the way, it irritates me. And there's one of the reasons I started this program four years ago was I get the greatest care from the VA. You folks have treated me with nothing but like gold. And, and I really appreciate it. And I think it's important to get this information out. Will my doctor, if I have this kind of thing, treat me with this? Or is it something so new that the individual hospitals aren't doing it yet? Ah, so that's a great question. So it, it, it's always uh, great for the patient to, to ask, right? Because if you're part of the care team, then you're going to get the best care. Uh, so if you should be aware of this. But VA takes a proactive approach when we identify a type of care that we think is important. Uh, then we take a systematic approach to identify men who have metastatic prostate cancer and to look and see, did they have this test to, to check and say, well, you should go through this list and, and see uh, if this is test is appropriate for this particular person. So we're trying to do it in a proactive way, uh, but it still is worth asking because it, it is very new. Uh, it's only, you know, the, the drugs just got approved less than a year ago, but we, we were already launching this before the drugs got approved because we were involved <laughs> in some of the clinical trials that led to the approval of two of the drugs. So we sort of saw this coming and that's because we have great relationships with some of the medical centers where we have experts in prostate and other types of cancers. And so they're involved in, in the research that's leading to the changes in medical practice. So when we see this coming, we start to get prepared. And that's exactly what's happening. I really just wish that the general public could see what you folks in the VA are at the forefront of. Uh, even the Gleason score, when yeah. somebody talks about prostate cancer, that was a VA doctor yeah. that came up with that. There's so many good things you're doing. And unfortunately, so much of the press says, ah, we'll forget about that. There was a problem over here in this clinic. You, you've just given us a lot to think about. I'm just about out of time. I'd like to give you another minute or two just to kind of wrap up and, and invite you back. I'd love to have you come back and talk with us again. Yeah, I, I'd love to come back anytime. Uh, so just to tell you one other thing is, is that we do have a, a tele-oncology service. So this is like, uh, uh, it's, in some ways, it's like phone a friend, right? So for, oh. for doctors and patients, so we're just expanding this. So already we have a consult service. So if, if your doctor has a question about how to treat a cancer patient and anything about it, oftentimes the questions we get are about these complex genetic tests, but any question, they can send us a, a consult uh, through the electronic health record system, and we'll get an expert to look at your chart and give you uh, some advice to your doctor. And then this other service we have is is um, actually being the doctor uh, for someone at a different site uh, because there either isn't a doctor there. Um, so sometimes in some parts of the country, there's, there's no oncologist at all. 
And so we were able to provide that care uh, by video health and collaboration with the team on the ground. And then uh, we can also do that as a, as a consult, right? A one-time, you know, visit with you and, and uh, give you information about what we think about your, your cancer, or how to treat it, something like that, as opposed to, you know, doing your continuous care. So we can have three different types of expert wow. opinions provided. Dr. Kelly, I so appreciate your coming on. Dr. Kelly is the National Program Director for Oncology for the Veterans Health Administration out of Washington. And, you know, it's just great that you'll share that time with us. I know our listeners appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk to you again on Veterans Corner Radio very soon. And again, Dr. Kelly, thanks so much for your time. It's a pleasure to come and talk to you, Bill. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.